0: we're doing another episode of the podcast. It's almost like we're going to announce something, oh like God. that it might—you know—there might be a reason to, you know, keep this Susie. subscribe Susie. button on your old podcasty downloadies.
1: I swear to God, I swear to God, if I ever ever have a secret, I'm
0: not telling you.
1: Hey, you're so bad at keeping stuff to yourself.
0: I know all the people that you don't like. I've never told any of them. Shh, right, okay, and with that, let's crack on with the show. <laughs> Big Kick Energy with me, Maisie Adam. And I don't have any bad enemies. <laughs> and me, Susie Ruffle, who is very good at keeping secrets,
1: actually. Suze, listen, Big Kick Energy. Let's talk about how it started, yes. right? We started this podcast to sort of guide us through the Women's World Cup. Yes. Myself, big, big fan. You didn't really know too much about football, no. but wanted to get on board. Hundred percent. I think the World Cup had I think it's fair to say, a big old impact.
0: Yes. I Not think, just on us too, but everybody. I think we were amazed at what a big impact the, the tournament had on... Record viewing figures. Yeah, loads of people. Do you know how many people watched it globally? Go on. Over two billion. Two billion people. Two
1: billion people. Oh, my God. And then you'll still have some it going. It's just not really got a demand for it, yeah, as the no, it's just not really got a, got a got a demand for it. The previous record for stadium crowds was 1.35 million, set at the 2015 Women's World Cup in Canada. That was the first Women's World Cup I can remember watching. I was yes. at uni. Was that
0: the one that Alex Scott, yeah. Leanne Sanderson, they got bronze? Yeah,
1: and then stadium crowds at the 2023 tournament hit over 1.9 million. So it is having a huge global impact. It's it's had an even greater impact beyond the tournament. uh, And this could be a real catalyst for change, I think it's fair to say. The perception of women's football's changed. It's it's no
0: longer a game just for men and boys. This is a game for everybody. And I think I said it before, but I think for a long time it was considered like, will the women watch the women then? Yes. And one thing that I loved seeing when they panned around the crowds, so many blokes. Yeah. And so many like, Blokes going out to watch it with their male friends. I was working in Ireland for the Australia match with an Australian guy who said it's the first time ever that his Aussie mates in their WhatsApp group had texted to say, Where are we all going to go and watch the Matildas? Yeah. yeah. And that feels. It's wicked. That feels like it? an enormous gear change. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Mike's brother like works down on the dockyard in, mm-hmm. in Portsmouth and he he messaged to say, I'm in the doc, like dockyard at the moment. There's just a load of blokes all just gathered around a little telly in the staff room to watch the Women's World Cup. And that's why visibility, representation, empowerment of this game is so important mm. because it elevates it to that level playing field so that we see it and we respect it the way it should be mm. we give it the platform it deserves yes because we we see it as an equal and we no longer I think see it as this sort of um, lesser version of football
0: and I think it's aspirational as well like the amount of if you go into a school classroom and ask a bunch of kids what you want to do when you grow up so many of the boys will say footballer. But I think that's gonna be the girls as well now. Yeah. Which yeah. is really exciting. Absolutely. And I think we mentioned it in the first app or the second app. you know, we've had emails that have mentioned this as well. But I think for so many girls, women, you know, when we hit puberty, when you're fifteen, 15, 16, when you start going out with your mates or having a drink or you start flirting with people, sport becomes sort of less cool in some ways for girls. Yeah. You know, you'll always see boys having a kickabout in the park. Yeah. And it's so good for your physical health it's so good for your mental health and i think obviously in a professional way the lionesses have changed the perception of football and how it's viewed in this country and how fans view it but for so many women it's now realizing it's something for us to go and have a kick about that's a really really good point Suze. that
1: like i think that's a a crucial change as well like Mm. i'm thinking back now to when i was a kid and I really wanted to play football at school and the teachers would say, if you get a group together, but there's mm-hmm. no demand for it. And I think that probably there was a demand for it, but it, we didn't feel comfortable to like what didn't feel ours. Yes. It felt very much like we were enjoying something that was for the boys. Yes. And as you say, when you're sort of wrapped up in puberty and you're self-conscious, liking something that might make you butch or... Yeah different in any way different in any way can be really really scary yeah can be really scary and that's before you even bring in like labels around sexuality and stuff you know as a straight woman I always felt quite conscious of liking something that was for the boys and seeing what people might read into that. And I think that's a huge thing with what we see in the representation of the women's game now is you've got gay women, you've got straight women, you've got women in hijabs. Everybody is seen on this global stage yeah. at the highest point possible, the World Cup, that should never, ever be underestimated, yes. the power that that
0: has. Just on on top of that, and kind of on a personal level almost, but if I was myself watching this team now mm-hmm. and I was much younger... yeah. I think I would also be really delighted by the fact the gay girls and the straight girls are clearly like best mates. Yes, it's not. And no not one cares. A, it's it's not, not, not a thing. Yeah. It's not, it's, it, it doesn't matter. No. None of it matters. No. And I feel like, had I seen that growing up, yeah, that's I would that's have like so sighed true. such a relief because I think that, you know, I'm sure lots of our listeners will have queer friends or be queer themselves. But, you know, I think a real thing that you think about when I was realising I was gay, one of my massive fears was losing my female friends. Really? Yeah, and I think that's something that happens because you think, oh God, what about the thing think? I fancy them. What about if they think this? What about they yeah. think that? And I think having like those friendships celebrated on a global level, and you see it. You know, you can see it in TikTok videos where like one of the girls is gay, one of the girls straight. No one cares. Yeah, and it's the same with. And why should they? Well, a hundred percent. But I think that when you're younger, you do worry about those things yeah. mattering. You do worry that people are going to care. And maybe it's different for younger generations. Maybe they don't have that. But. I would put my mortgage on it that other gay women like me have watched that and felt similar things about sort of feeling heartened by the friendships between those women because it was something that I didn't know that I was allowed to have, yeah, or, going given to have permission to, or going to have or going to lose. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, just mentioning that is quite important.
1: I think that's interesting that we both feel that from each of our respective perspectives. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, definitely. I hadn't really thought about that, but it's a hugely powerful thing to see football and, and it not be consigned to a particular sexuality, a particular yeah. build, a particular <gasps> type you, of
0: woman. Yes, exactly that. Like, you know, you'll see some of the girls with, like, their fake eyelashes. That's And then you'll see it, some of the girls, you go, got, she hasn't seen any makeup in her life. Yeah, like, exactly. you know, and
1: both of them are just as valid. Exactly. And and it, it really does emphasise the inclusivity of this, of yes. the, you know, we've, we've so we've, we've mentioned sort of sexuality there, but we've also, we saw from Morocco, the defender, Nahela Benzina, became the first footballer in World Cup history to wear a hijab. And we now had, she's on FIFA. Amazing. So cool. So so cool. Uh Canadian midfielder Quinn made World Cup history as the first transgender and non-binary player at the tournament. This visibility it's it's hugely important yes. for people watching all around and not just from the LGBTQ community. For whoever you are, the fact that you can see yourself on that stage. Yes is so, so important. Yeah. So, so important. I
0: think that anyone that's ever felt a bit like an outsider, which I feel like is 90% of people. Yeah. Like yeah. The te- and, the- and the 10% of people that aren't bright enough to realise yeah. that they're outside please. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. 100%. Like, it feels like, in one way or another, all of us are being represented.
1: It's it's mad then, isn't it, when it gets compared to the men's game? <laughs> yeah. So mad. As in like a, like it's a lower down thing and you're like, but it's so much more progressive. It's yeah. so much more positive. It's so much more inclusive. When you think how many people have to hide their feelings and yeah. their, there's a big thing of of how there's there's very few openly gay male footballers, but also just in terms of
0: the masculinity of it, like the toxicity yeah. in, in that way. like, And that's before you bring in like, and I hate to bring it down, but like, you know, that's before you bring in Comments around domestic violence within players, comments around domestic violence going up during mm. big tournaments with mm-hmm. men. There's a. The drinking culture. Yeah, there's the a. The hooliganism, there's an, the violence. Yeah, there's, yeah. An, there's an energy that comes with that that feels so far away from the women's game. Uh-huh. Thank God. Yeah. You know, there's just something about it that feels so hopeful. Yeah. And, and accessible. And safe and accessible, That's yeah. the thing. Like, when you sent those pictures of, like, you and Mary Erbs and you and Jill Scott and then you and Millie Bright, it was like, these girls are, like... Oh, like... They're so normal. Yeah. They're yeah. so... They, like, you know, you... Think about, like, a premiership footballer who's on, like, 100 grand a week <laughs> that drives an insane car and... These girls are so... They're so relatable and they're yeah. so normal. And I think, yeah,
1: the, the social media presence has only helped fuel their relatability. And, and lovability. Yeah, 100%. Talking about how we found this World Cup sort of inspiriting and giving us a sense of community, uh, should we have some emails from people who've kind of had a similar experience? Yes, absolutely. So Rowan has emailed in and they've said, I love the podcast, but I can't get Mary Herps
0: Herps Earps out of my head. Sorry, Maisie, yours doesn't compete.
1: Uh, I'm sorry, Mary upset said
0: herself, Thank you. I think that I still think that you didn't give mine as much as you gave yours, but listen, it's in the past. Main thing is, you're over it.
1: Rowan uh, goes on to say, I loved football all my life as a kid. I was always the only girl playing, and then I was made captain of the girls' team in secondary, not for skill, but because I was the only constant one turning Mm. up. There we go again. But then my mental health and social pressure got in the way of enjoying the game. Then I came out as trans and never knew where that left me. But I got back into it during the Euros and seeing the LGBT rep in the teams showed me that could be a place for me there. See, it's so important.
0: Good for you, Rowan. Thank you so much for your email, Rowan. I really, really appreciate that. Molly B has said, after being inspired by your podcast, I have brought a football and have been practicing with my girlfriend I'll remember you when I grew up to play for England brackets I'm 23 oh no oh Molly um Neva said, I love your
1: podcast. And between your enthusiasm for the sport and the amazing football I've seen in this World Cup, it's led me to find my closest ladies' team, brackets Arsenal, and book a ticket to their first game in October. Yes, yes please. Get yourselves down. Like, honestly, this is a huge part of it. If you've enjoyed this World Cup, it's that thing of vote with your feet, isn't yes, it? You know, absolutely. The, the clubs need to see these these sharp rises in tickets being bought, in bums on seats in the grounds. Yep. So do go and shirts. see shirts, like get them, go and get them because uh, that's the only way the clubs take
0: notice. Yes, and the only way that the girls are going to end up getting paid, yeah, reasonably. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so good on your knees. Okay, Charlie says, "Good day, Pacey and Goosey. Good day, mate." <laughs> Please, stop. I wanted to say that last night I shared with my mum what Susie has been touching upon about representation these girls are giving us. I've never seen myself on TV before as a masculine sporty girl without it being the butt of a joke. Mm. I didn't cut my hair short for ages because I didn't want to bring any more attention to my masculinity or gayness. But seeing Sam Kerr... Oh, I love Sam Kerr. But seeing Sam Kerr as the captain for my country in her favourite sport as a gay, mask-presenting woman has completely changed my world and my confidence. This also brought my mum to tears. She promptly told everyone at the pub later how amazing Sam Kerr is. Way! Well done, Charlie's mum. (laughs) I'm still in disbelief of how much of an impact this World Cup has had. I'm so glad I get to listen to you guys instead of the men who sound bored and want to talk about Premier League instead. So thank (laughs) you both. Oh, I
1: love it. Thank you, uh, Charlie. Thank you so much. And we've had loads of DMs on Instagram. Should we share a couple? Yes, let's. As a gay middle-aged man, I'm not, this isn't me. Okay. Um, You didn't need to say that. Oh, okay. As a gay middle-aged man, I want to thank you for getting me back into football. I loved it at primary school, but when I came out at 13, I was firmly made to believe that football was no longer for me. See, it's the same story across the board, isn't it? I came across your podcast and love it. It's got me back into the game. I've just listened to Maisie's A Beautiful Game. Oh, thank you so much. Little plug there. And just last night, caught up on the two of you in Morocco. God, yes. is that still available? <laughs> you are both brilliant. And I just wanted to make you aware that you're changing people's life. blooming Uh Not just young women, but middle-aged men as well. We love middle-aged men. Thank you, gorgeous fun fundle. Great name. <laughs>
0: Great name. I think that might be his Instagram name. What do you reckon? I hope so. Okay, should we have? Because what
1: what baby is coming out and the mum's going? I name thee gorgeous fun fundle.
0: <laughs> Massive. I'm guessing they're saying Maisie. Um, oh, yeah. she's seen your legs. Oh, Susie, they're very long. They're they, very are long. Skinny, they are they long. They are so be fair. long. Yeah, you have to get your trousers from a special place, don't you? Stop it! Don't, don't tell do. people that. That's nothing with that Maisie you've got great legs I have it? got great legs but you don't need to tell people I get them done in a special place but you have to go special places for long tour girls. yes amazing. the long limbed ladies <laughs> 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 the triple L's <laughs> um, so I think she said she meant Maisie not massive yes we've got that we've got it okay. we know she didn't mean massive okay. are you alright yeah. yeah
1: I'm just still a bit jet lagged and very conscious about my long limbs listen you've got great legs thank you
0: and I mean that. I did trip up an air hostess on the flight. Well, yeah, because yeah, sometimes they're too long. I wanted <sighs> to get in touch to say how much I'm loving Big Kick Energy and that I've also listened to all four episodes of The Beautiful Game. Oh,
1: well, thank you again. And oh. it was
0: brilliant. I'm 37 and I first played five-a-side football in Scouts. I also played five-a-side at uni and then was fortunate enough to find a women's team afterwards. But what was missing was the recreational level. I wasn't quite good enough, so I spent a lot of time on the bench and all I wanted to do was play. Now I play with a group of guys every week. I'm the only girl, but it's fun and I love it. I've also been watching more and more of the women's game, having been privileged enough to go to Wembley last summer and find myself getting emotional every single time. They're living my dream and it makes me so, so proud. I'm a teacher and at the Year 6 Leavers Assembly this year, four kids stood up and said they wanted to be footballers. Two girls and two boys. I had oh. to stop myself from going to tell the girls how amazing that is because for them, it's not amazing. It's just normal. And that is incredible. Oh, that's
1: so that's lovely. Made that's, that's made me. emotional. That's made me... Oh, uh, and then... Um, Please let the record state they did then message to say sorry. Just seen what autocorrect has done to your name. (laughs) So yeah, they weren't having a go at my massive legs. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Not massive long. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I still think it's pretty bad that that's the takeaway I've had from this beautiful message. That's like that's got me quite emotional. That's that's. I think so many people have had that experience as well. Of like, you do find a football team, and it's like, unless you're kind of. Uh, wanting to be the next lioness, you know, unless you're wanting to go full bend it like yeah. Beckham and get that scholarship in America. It's like, oh, stay on the bench. No, recreational football. Yeah. Get a team together with your mates. Yep. There's nothing weird about being a woman and liking football. Get involved, even if you've got big, long limbs
0: like me. Should we have a quick game of Trial Force? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, I, I've got some questions for you. Oh, okay. Put your, put your glittery jacket on, your showbiz jacket. I didn't bring it with me. Oh. Okay, the Jamaica team set up a GoFundMe page to support the players during the tournament.
1: That's true. Yes, it's
0: yeah, true. Yeah, the Reggae Girls. Sandra Phillips-Brower, the mother of midfielder Havana Salon, set up a campaign, Reggae Girls Rise Up, which yes. raised approximately $75,000 to help fund the squad's campaign. Yeah. Amazing. True or false, the Nigerian team faced a lack of resources back home. The players have sometimes even had to share beds during the training camp. That's tr- that's true as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The captain spoke up about the subpart infrastructure in an interview and said, up until about three weeks ago, we'd been owed about 14 oh. months' salary... And we still have players that haven't been paid from two years ago. Yeah, that's mad, isn't it? True or forced, co-host Australia train on a rugby pitch because they have no dedicated sports facilities for the women's national team. Now, surely that's false. Like an Aussie rules football. No, nope, it's true. The Matildas train at Lechard Oval in a rugby league stadium. Wow. Despite this, we have seen the most popular and successful women's World Cup in the sports history. That's
1: an interesting point now, isn't it, about those, like, Nigerian players still needing to be paid from, like, 14 months ago. Yes, yeah,
0: so they have to have jobs. Well,
1: this is it. Like, when we've read out those emails there where two girls and two boys are standing up saying, I'd like to be a footballer, how can you encourage the next generation to pick professional football as a career choice if you can't make a decent salary? Mm. Like, I remember with the Euros last year, so many of them having, like, like Leah Williamson training to be an accountant.
0: And Jill Scott's got a coffee shop. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. And who was it? Was it Michelle Allosi? That's like the the, the, the cancer nurse. She's an oncologist. Yes, yeah. that's right. Like it's it's mad that so many pros have two jobs mm. because they should be able to sort of focus on their chosen sport, given that they're doing it at the highest possible level. level. Yeah. And it's also it's it's a career that can end with injury at any time. Mm. So if you have, you know, we've looked at how how many people are getting these ACL injuries, yeah. but if you if you get that or god forbid anything worse, that's it, you're done. There needs to be some sort of financial safety net there, surely.
0: Yeah, there's got to be. If you're if
1: you're investing so much of your time, your effort, your family's yes. time, effort, money, yeah, resources, money, yeah, that's the thing. you know, driving you to games, it it, it undervalues the players, the sport and Frankly, the perception of the women's game on a whole, if you're not offering a decent salary to do it on. I couldn't agree more. We mentioned Neil Williamson, but like Lucy Bronze, she um, obviously she's been involved in the England setup since she was 16. Right. But she took several jobs to support herself. Between 2010 and 2014, she studied sports science at Leeds Beckett Uni. And at the same time, she was working at the Headingley branch of Domino's Pizza and at a nearby bar, and she nearly quit football to get a proper job. I'm mem- so
0: pleased you didn't, Lucy. I know, I'm You've so been glad. You've been incredible for this whole World Cup on the pitch for every minute. <laughs> <laughs> I remember
1: the, that Domino's in Headingley, they changed their name just for the Euros run for Lucy Brom. Did they? What, yeah, too? Yeah. I don't know bronzer nose. Oh, they right, can't something have been like nose. No, but they.
0: Yeah. that's nice.
1: But yeah, it's mad. There needs to be a clear pathway to professional football. Yeah, it's got to be available for women in this country.
0: Absolutely right.
1: We've had the whole "let girls play" initiative led by Leah Williamson, Lottie Wuban Moy. In April, the government announced. That they were going to, they did. They did this review of the women's game, including gla- grassroots football, mm-hmm. putting a load of money behind it. Ian Wright's been a, an inc- a, a really, really good ally of the of the women's game. There, even sort of describing the transfer window money in the men's game as like embarrassing compared yeah. to the money. It's a slow process, Suze, but I think the more and more that the women's game is platformed, and the more and more that it's garnering this attention, it's like what we've said before of like either keep up or get left behind yeah and I think I think the the, the people at the top are going to have to start taking serious notice and and you know we, we've spoken about people like Gianni Infantino the FIFA president <sighs> with his comments on the Women's World Cup sort of saying you know pick the right battles telling the women who are highlighting the issues in the game shout out to Lucy Bronze for um strategically skipping that handshake yes by the I way, saw that final and Karen Carney did a fantastic review yes. a couple of months ago as well about the line as a proof that investment works. Yep. Basically, all roads are pointing towards if you invest, it will pay off. Yes. So just invest. God help us, please.
0: And we also just want to take a moment now to say we've just been bowled over by how many people have got in touch about this podcast. It's been so wicked. Like,
1: I, I, I genuinely just wanted to Chat football with a mate, yeah, and and get me it's, into the sport. It's, it's been really, really fun getting you into it. Like it's been so lovely seeing you, kind of like. Really, really evolve into this quite fanatical, uh, not just like England fan, but I think we're going to get you in, like with a local yeah, club or I whatever. Think so. Not um, to play, just to be clear. No, God, no. Um, <laughs> but like when we set this podcast up, I think I've always loved the the kind of universal accessibility of the women's game. Yes. And I think it's something that should be celebrated and highlighted and. Well, as we've seen from the people that enjoy this podcast, there's a huge community of people who all kinds of people who who love it just as much as we do. So we're so grateful for everybody who drops us a message, who emails in, who slides into the DMs, who grabs us on the street and says, Love the podcast, by the way. It's so, so lovely. Like we've just been kind of yeah, bowled over. And thank you to England for being
0: so brilliant for the whole of the tournament. That also helped Yeah, that really helped. Yeah, they really played their part. And so we've got one more thing that we need to share with you and I'm going to let you know and look, some of you may have worked this out early doors because I've been trying to like leave little hints here and there and I think I've been pretty subtle. But big kick energy isn't stopping now. The journey has only just begun and we are going to do a whole series on the domestic season of the women's game. And we can't wait!
1: Thank you! It's very, very exciting. Uh, I'm, I'm... Buzzing for this. Uh, Susie knows nothing about the domestic game. She doesn't even have a team yet. No, no, but that no. doesn't matter. That's what's so lovely about this podcast. Uh, we're going to go on another journey of discovery together. We're going to get Susie a team. We're going to get her favourite players. We're going to go to games. I'll probably buy you a rattle or something like that for the games, I reckon.
0: Okay, sure. Yeah. We'll
1: go to the games. We'll, we'll get a chant going. Yes, we all those a chant. Things. We
0: do love a chant. So if you're a bit like me, and you got into the world cup or you got into the euros and then you got a bit more into the world cup and then you've listened to this podcast and you come on this journey with us it doesn't need to end now i'm excited that i've got this new hobby and maybe you've got a new hobby too so keep having a look at your podcast feed subscribe and like it so you always know when we're in your inboxes and we're going to be back really soon we're going to do an episode on the history of the women's game and then we're going to get in to the women's nitty super, gritty the nitty bit. gritty the women's yes. super league the championship grassroots
1: stuff everything every level like, there is no, no team left unturned. No team left behind. Sure.
0: Yeah? Mm, didn't love it, but okay. not Okay.
1: Well, thank you, Suze. Thank you for coming on this journey with me. Oh, I'm excited to see what sort of football fan you're going to become.
0: Thank you for holding my hand and making me walk slightly quicker than I'd like to. <laughs> 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 we'll be back in about a month. Oh, you need this one minute.
1: One minute. Susie, you asked me to get you something in Australia. I did, yeah. Did you think I'd forgotten? Oh, I didn't know. Dun, 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 dun. Uh... How about that? <laughs> How about that? What an accessory. Wow. Yeah.
0: Wow.
1: I know, I got you a koala, so I've got you a koala hat. Yeah. But then I also thought, well, you've got to have something kangaroo-y. So, yeah, and it's you nice know, to both. have a hat and
0: bag that match. Exactly. So there you go. Is this really for me? What, yeah, and what's inside? Oh, it's Caramella koalas. Have you had one?
1: Yeah, I have, Suze. So, I'll be honest, very underwhelming. Very, very... You've been ad there. I don't know what you thought you've had, but you've been robbed. You've been absolutely Nigerian. That's what you've had. You know what? I've had enough of this. Good one. Wow. You can't storm off with that. <laughs> no, you
0: can't. And also, the podcast room's not big enough, really. No. But you know. Anyway, do I look like a gal about town?
1: You look. You look like you need an intervention. <laughs> I can't take you to a game like that. Why not? The
0: game is go, for everybody, go. but but
1: not if you're dressed like that. Sorry. <laughs>
0: Anyway, join us next time on Big Kick Energy. Bye!